And uh, good morning to you who are watching us online. I'm going to need that, Carlin, from you. The, uh, <laughs> we are learning as we go. Um, I'll let you in on a little secret. We were here yesterday. We had a small team here, and we were attempting to pre-record this for this morning. And uh, the hope was that it would be a little bit uh, better quality for sound, and as well as then we would actually have the opportunity to be with our families this morning. Uh, that didn't go as planned, and so here we are. This is truly live, and uh, we are, are glad to be with you, and I'm sure there's a bunch of you watching. And We are trusting the Lord and praying that the, the streaming quality is okay right now. Um, we recognize that a lot of churches are, are in the midst of doing this, and, uh, and the networks, and that may be actually experiencing a lot of challenges right now. So we, we are looking to the Lord in, in so many ways in these days, and I, I, it is hard to fathom right now, I think in many respects, what has happened in the last week and a half. We are still in the midst of it, and we really don't know where this is going to go, and I think that that is, for us, very unsettling, and, and, the, and the question is, where do you begin after a week like this? Where do you begin after a week and a half like this? And the, the question that, that I'm a, I've been asking myself all week and was asking myself again last night, the two questions is, God, what are you saying to me in this time? What do you want to say to me? And God, what are you saying to the church? This is a pivotal, pivotal moment right now in our culture. I... I I want us to realize how absolutely pivotal these days are. This is not like anything we've ever experienced in our lifetime. This is different than anything we've ever experienced. And we really don't know where this is going to go or what the ramifications of all this are going to be. And it is going to drive us into the Lord. And so this is one of the reasons why even the whole plans that we had mapped out here for the next couple months on messages and where we were in Corinthians is just, it's gone out the window. And, and the Lord has, has just, He's turned the tables on the church. The tables have been overturned on the church in these days, and we are in unprecedented waters right now. And so we're trusting the Lord. And one of the things that I, I said this week to someone, as I said, I, I really feel like in these days, we are called as a church to become a prophetic people. We are called, and, and what I mean by that is we are called to be a people that are hearing from the Lord. What is the Lord saying in these days? He's speaking, and, he's, and He wants us to hear His heart, and I want to hear what the Lord is saying in these days. So encourage you in that. Um, practically, you know, I, I was really looking forward to preaching through the gifts, spiritual gifts in Corinthians. I, I was for a number of weeks already looking forward to that, and but the reality is preaching on the manifestation of the Spirit within the church, which is all about being physically present to one another, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to preach that right now when we're not physically together. And so I just felt like I was disappointed by that, but I realized that when, whenever the day comes that we can gather together again physically, I think we are going to appreciate that to such an incredible level when this comes again. We don't know where this is all going to go, but when that does come again and we're going to meet physically, we are going to so appreciate what the body is to us. And so maybe that first Sunday back, I'm thinking maybe that's when we'll preach on spiritual gifts and who we are 
to one another. So, however we see it right now, if, if we believe in the God of the Bible, we must realize in all this, God has interrupted our plans. He has put a full stop to the plans that on so many levels we have. And, and in His infinite wisdom, God has allowed this. This is a profound, profound moment in history that is impacting everyone right now. So, what is God saying to you? What would God say to you? What would God say to you this week? I I think one of the greatest tragedies is if we walk through this crisis, and it is a very real crisis. I, 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 again, this morning, I saw new news coming out, and it is, it is disconcerting. It is unsettling what is happening. And it, it, it feels like we are in the midst of a crisis. If, if through this, the greatest tragedy for us would be as a people of God is if we are not profoundly impacted by what God is doing. If we don't come out of this and are, we are not strengthened and emboldened in our walk with the Lord. That would be a tragedy. I believe that God is saying to His people, God is saying to His church, rise up. Rise up. Be who you are called to be. Be the church who you are called to be. Do not slumber any longer as the church. What, what God is saying to us in the removal of so much of the comfort and the security in our lives. We've talked about this. We've talked about the removal of comfort and security and how God, He will not stop at, at certain points that we think are, are, are comfortable. He won't stop there. But what we're seeing right now, the, the speed and the shift of which we've seen is staggering. I, I was just thinking this week of, in the last year and a half, the amount of of stuff written and talked about in the Christian sphere about rest and silence and solitude and Sabbath rest and the elimination of hurry in our lives and just this need to get back to this contemplative life of, of actually walking with the Lord and having this, this kind of relationship with Him. There's been so much said and in a week and a half, everything that we have, all the plans we have, have just come to a grinding halt. Everything has changed. The busyness that we have had for in our lives that actually allows us not to deal with our hearts and what's going on in our hearts, all that busyness is gone. In, in, a, in a week and a half, it's been removed from us and we have no choice. So I would encourage you in these days, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Spend time with Him. Examine your life. What is the Lord saying to you? What is He saying to your family? Allow yourself to feel and examining. What is happening inside of my heart? What is going on inside of me? On so many levels and to so many depths depths and to so many different implications, depending who you are and where you're at right now in life, the threat of worry, the reality of worry is here. People are fearful. People are full of worry. I, I, I went through so many different emotions, feelings, and thoughts this week. There was just so much that was coming at me. In, in, in the midst of trying to, um, 
there's been so much as a church now that we have to shift and we have to begin doing things differently. And, and the thought of that and how we do this and what we do and what we can't do anymore, all of this has been coming at me and I'm, I'm feeling all these thoughts and these emotions. And I'm sure you are too because all of us in our different spheres of where we're working and living, we're all facing different challenges all of a sudden. And it, it feels so unsettling. And, and then there's those of us who we have family or friends who are, are greatly at risk due to this, this virus. And that also is really difficult. And so the inclination to allow worry to worm its way into our hearts and our minds right now in these days is a real danger. And Satan will attempt it to have that in our lives to keep us from all that God has for us right now. Satan would want nothing more than we simply begin to stew on worry to such an extent that it keeps us from what God has for us in these days. There is an incredible opportunity right now for us to reevaluate and assess where are we at in our lives with Jesus as Lord. And so this morning I want to I want to talk about why I don't need to worry or why you don't need to worry either. That we would know what God's Word declares, that we would know that God's Word says we don't need to worry, even in days like this, especially in days like this, that we actually do not need to worry. But before we get into that, what the Word says about worry, I want to I start, I want to remind us this morning about three truths about the goodness of God. Because one of the things we need right now in these days, and this is part of the coming of the renewal of God, is we need an incredible, big, big, big picture of the goodness of God. We need to know that the goodness of God is real, that, it's, that God is so infinitely good to His people. And we need to know that. And so, number one, fundamental truth. God is the source of everything I need. God is everything that I and you ultimately need. You don't have to look anywhere else. You, we don't have to look to our jobs. We don't have to look to our retirement funds. Don't even look at your retirement funds right now. They're not good. You don't need to look at your spouse. God is the source of everything that you need. The point that I want to make here is that if you're going to put your security in something, and all of us look to put our security in something, we all want to feel secure. It has to be something, that security, that can never be taken from you. You can lose your health. You can lose your job. You can lose your good looks. I might be on my way to that. You can lose your family. You can lose your mind. You can lose your money. You can lose your retirement. You can lose everything. And that's being shaken right now. In, this, in these very weeks, that is being shaken because everything that people held secure is being shaken. If you're going to put your trust in something and your security, put it in something that cannot be taken from you. Put your security in your relationship with the Lord. Psalm 23.1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That I shall not want there also means I will not lack. Throughout his word, God, he speaks of his people as sheep. We're constantly referred to as sheep in the word. Now, you have to understand about sheep. Sheep are not fast. 
Sheep don't have claws. Sheep don't have sharp teeth. There's, there's actually nothing in a sheep that makes it able to stand against its enemy. They are very defenseless and actually really dumb animals. They need protection. And that's the point that God is making about us as sheep. We need his protection. God knows that we need a shepherd. And a shepherd does three things. A shepherd feeds, leads, and meets needs. And that's God's desire for us, that we would welcome that in our lives, the protection and correction that he provides, that God is the source of all that we need. Second fundamental truth is there is nothing that I need that God can't supply. Nothing. Philippians 4.19 says, God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The point there is God's goodness is not based on your goodness. It's based on his goodness. It's not about if you're good enough. It's that he's good and our good is secured in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything that I need, I can trust the Lord to supply because of his goodness not mine. Number three, fundamental truth. God doesn't want me worrying about anything. And this is going to lead us into the rest of this morning, and we, we camped on this a lot last week, but Philippians 4, 6 says that we do not have to be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. Nothing, nada, zip. Nothing. Do not worry about anything in your life. I was reminding of myself this all week. In fact, after the debacle of trying to get this online last night, I went home and I was like, I was worrying about this. And I'm like, how is this going to work? How, how are we going to make this work? And I'm having to remind myself, Paul, don't worry. You either pray or you panic. You pray or you panic. You worship or you worry. Worship, worry. And so this morning, I want to I talk about worry. Now, we probably agree that the Bible says we're not to worry. And we probably say, yeah, we, we realize that. The Bible says that. And yet, we find ourselves probably way more often than we, we want to admit. And certainly right now in days like this, we are finding ourselves just given to this push to feel worry. In the world that we find ourselves in right now, if we simply look at the world in the natural, it is worrisome. It is incredibly worrisome. So what do we do? That's really where we're at this morning. What do we do? I want to show us some truth from God's Word this morning that I think will be a great encouragement to us. And I want to, I want to read Matthew 6, verses 25 to 31. I want to read it from the Living Bible this morning because I think it's just such a great version of these, of these verses. Verse 25. So... My counsel is, this is Jesus speaking. He's at the Sermon on the Mount. He's speaking to the disciples and a bunch of people. He says, so my counsel is, don't worry about things, food, drink, and clothes. For you already have life and a body, and they are far more important than what to eat and wear. Look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up food, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as beautifully as they are. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you, O men of little faith? So don't worry about all at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. Heavenly Father, I, I recognize right now this morning that I, I am feeling inclinations to worry myself. God, that, that I, as I'm preaching this, as I'm speaking about this, I am feeling inclinations in my heart that want to give way to worry, all sorts of worry. And Lord, I'm, I'm sure that there's people right now watching and people in our body that are going, I am really struggling with worry. Jesus, this is real. And we really, really, really need your word to go down deep inside of us this morning. And we need you to speak peace. We need your truth to go into us. Lord, we recognize that we are a vulnerable people. Heavenly Father, would you come right now and would you, through computer screens and through television screens and through technology, Lord, I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us in a profound way. Amen. So I want to give us five reasons this morning not to worry. Number one, Worry is unreasonable. It's, it's actually illogical. It's actually irrational. Let, let me pull this apart a little bit for us. Verse 25 there, in the ESV, it says, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, whatever we think about clothes, and some of us really like clothes, and whatever, our bodies are way, way more important than clothes. We actually spend a lot of time worrying about clothes. Lots. You know, if I was streaming this from my home this morning and sitting on my couch, I wouldn't care what I was wearing that much except here. You, you guys, everyone's seen the memes, I know. But why, why is worry unreasonable? Well, number one, we worry about the wrong stuff. We, we worry about stuff that won't matter in a year. We worry about stuff that won't matter in five years. Or we even worry about stuff that won't matter two, three weeks from now. What we should be concerned is about stuff that's going to matter a hundred years from now when you won't be here. Or a thousand years from now when you definitely won't be here. We should be worrying about stuff that's eternal, not external. Not the temporary stuff. Jen, Jen read that this morning, right? 2 Corinthians 4. We're not living for the temporal. We, we need to hear that so much in these days. We're living for the eternal. Second reason why worry is unreasonable. We worry about what we can't change. Why would we do that? Why, why are you worrying about stuff that you can't change? Think about it. Why do you worry about stuff that you can't change? You can't change it. And if we worry about stuff that we can change, well, that's just stupid because you can change it. So worry won't actually help. Worry is actually a form of control. We actually think that by worrying, we actually are maintaining control over something. So I worry about my kids and what's happening with my kids. And somehow when I worry about that, I think that I'm maintaining a level of control over my kids. It's illogical because I have no control over that. It's irrational 
behavior, actually. Third reason why worry is unreasonable. Anytime you worry about something, it keeps getting bigger in your mind. Do you, you realize that? As you think about something and worry and stew on it, it becomes bigger in here than it actually is. We worry about stuff. You worry about what someone said. They've forgotten about it. And you're stewing on what someone has said. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind. And they're like, I don't even remember it. Worry is irrational. Second reason why we don't have to worry. Worry is unnatural. Nature does not worry. Do you know human beings are the only thing in God's creation that worries? Nothing else. Dogs don't worry. Plants don't worry. Rocks don't worry. Only human beings do this. And we do it in rebellion against God. It's unnatural because you weren't made to worry. So here, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount He's giving us a lesson, one lesson in biology and another lesson in botany. He's getting really practical. And I imagine there was birds around him. And Jesus is saying, look, look guys, look at the birds in the air. They're they're all around here. Look look at them. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. He says, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, are you not of more value than they? If God takes care of the birds, will he not take care of you? Just think about that. Do you think that a bird, a little bird on a branch out here, is more valuable than you? Verse 29, Jesus goes on. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory, and Solomon had a lot of glory, was not arrayed like one of these. If you go back and you read about how much glory Solomon had, and you, and you realize what Jesus is saying? He's saying, these flowers are more beautiful. Do you, ever, like, do you take the time to ever look at flowers? I, I actually, I, I really love to grow flowers. So I, and I love to go out in the summer into my, where my flowers are. And I love in the early morning to have a cup of coffee and just walk as I'm praying. And I'll look at the flowers. I especially like growing perennials. And I'll look at those perennials and the different variations of them. And the intricacies at which a perennial flower, what they have in them is astounding. If you ever just stop and actually begin to look at them, really look at them, they're incredible creations. What God is doing here is giving us a really, really important lesson. Look at the birds. He's saying, look, if anyone is on God's welfare plan, you know who it is? It's birds. It is birds. All they do is tweet and poop. And that's, you do those two things too. You tweet and you poop. You also do a whole lot more than that. Birds don't. Okay? What, what do birds do? Really, nothing. They're not even here for food. We don't eat them. They were made to look at and they're made to hear. That's it. They're beautiful to look at and we like listening to them. And yet God cares for them. And for all the beauty of flowers, they're around. Perennials are around for a week or two. There's certain flowers that I have that they're, they're, they take all summer to bloom and then boom, in a, in a week they're gone. You have annuals, okay, annuals, but they're here for only a few months and then they're gone too. And, God, and yet the amount of energy that God put to make those flowers beautiful. Nothing in creation worries except for humans. We are the only ones who doubt God and don't trust Him. 
It's not natural. You weren't, you weren't born to worry. It's actually learned. No baby comes out of the womb and is predisposed to worry. None. There's not a baby out there that is born and begins to worry. You know how babies begin to worry? How children begin to worry? They learn it. They see the adults around them worrying and they internalize that. We were never meant to internalize worry. I, I, as I was thinking about that this week, I thought, you know, as a young boy, I learned a lot because of situations that were going on around me. I learned to internalize worry at a very young age. And I realize, I've realized this, not, not just this week, but in the last number of years, that I have to work through some of those patterns of thinking that I'm, where I'm predisposed to worrying. Why? Because I learned it. The point is we can unlearn it. By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the work of Jesus, we can learn to trust our Father because we are distinctly different. We are made in God's image to be like Him. God doesn't worry at all. Third reason we don't have to worry. Worry is unhelpful. It's useless. It's worthless. It doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. Matthew 6, 27, Jesus says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? Who? Who's added a single hour to his life by worrying? No, no one. In fact, you shorten your life by worrying. You do the exact opposite. Worrying about anything in your life does not move you closer to that thing. It is stewing without doing. Worrying will only change you, and it will only change you for the worse. It will make you miserable. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You might admit today, and, and I'm sure many of us would, given the crisis, and there's people all around us who are, would admit, I am worried sick. Like, I'm worried. I'm people are like, I'm really, really, really worried. And, if, and I would say, my answer to them would be, you're right. Yes, you are. Worry is going to make you sick. You're actually going to physically not be doing well if you give in to this. Worry actually causes more fatigue than work. I think one of, the, one of the dangers in what we're going through right now is if we give in to a bunch of worry in our lives, we're, the, what are the effects going to be down the road? with people, with children. One, one of the posts that I, I, uh, I shared this week and really impacted me, and actually I got some messages from people. They said this, this was the, the most impactful thing for me too this week, was the realization that our kids are not going to remember the social the, uh, implications of this time. They're not going to remember the financial implications. My kids have no idea what's happening with mutual funds and portfolios. They don't care. You know what they're going to remember? They are going to remember how their home felt during this time. Our kids are going to remember what home was like. The lesson for us is learn to trust God. Seek the Lord and His promises. Begin to ingest the promises of His Word. Memorize key passages, if you will, that will keep it in your mind of what the promises of God say. Not what the world is saying to you. Not what your mind would have you believe. What does the Word of God say to you? Maybe post them in your house in these days. Post scriptures all around. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, right? Philippians 4, 6, that's one. 
Isaiah 23, 6, peace of God. You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. All these things we need to remember. I want, we need to remember, worry can't change your past. Worry can't control your future. And worry only messes you up today. It causes despair and discouragement. It actually leads us to great, great places of discouragement. One of the other things is when we are feeling that coming on, I would encourage you, worship God. Get music on, whatever you have to do. Get your Bible out, whatever you have to do. Get your eyes fixed on the Lord. Remember who He is. Remember the greatness and the goodness of God. We need a huge view right now of the goodness of God. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. You want to be healthier? Number one tip. You want to be healthier? Stop worrying. Really. Stop worrying. You'll be healthier. The fourth reason not to worry. Worry is unnecessary. This is what Jesus is getting at in Matthew 6. It's unnecessary. Why would you worry about your heavenly Father's provision? Why would we? When we're kids and we go to our parents for five bucks, you're not worrying, oh, I wonder where dad's going to get that five bucks. Oh man, I really hope that my dad has enough money that he can give me that five bucks. No kid cares about that. My kids, when they come to me for money, they're not wondering what's going on with our budget and where. They're just, they just want the five bucks. They, really what kids are going is, that's their problem. That's mom and dad's problem. I don't care where they get the money. Kids don't think about that unless the, their parents transfer the worry onto them. Then they will start to worry. But we worry about a lot of things that are God's responsibility. He's our Father. We're, we worry about a ton of things that we were never, ever intended to worry about. We're worrying about things that are God's responsibility. Every time I worry, every time you worry, we're playing God. Every time we worry, we're playing God. You think it all depends on you. That, that means you're playing God. We will never worry. You will never worry when you understand that God is your heavenly Father and you understand His goodness, His infinite goodness. We need a massive, massive view of the goodness of God. You know what's really cool about how the Lord speaks? We went through all this effort last night to try to get this online ahead of time. And for whatever reason, it wasn't uploading. It wasn't working properly. I went home last night. Uh, in between, it was uploading. I went home to say goodnight to my kids at about 10 o'clock. And I had this podcast that I'd been listening to. And it automatically came on in my car. And you know what? In that moment, the podcast started to speak about having a big view of the goodness of God. And I was like, yes! Yes! Like, I was just like, Holy Spirit, and now, and I didn't know that I'd have to preach again this morning. Like, the Holy Spirit knows. He knows. Matthew 6.30 says, And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't He more surely care for you? My favorite perennial is probably the beautiful lilies that I have. I love lilies. The thing about lilies that I just despise is they're here for like two weeks max. And then they're gone. 
Like I wait all summer for these beautiful lilies. And even as they're waiting to bloom, they just, they look amazing. The lily as a plant is just amazing. And then they bloom and boom, gone. God says that he assumes responsibility for you because you're valuable. And in case you doubt that, he says, look at the cross. Look at the cross. If you doubt that, if you doubt my goodness, if you look at the cross, you have value because you are his child. You have infinite value. Those of you who have kids, how much do you value and care for your kids? God infinitely cares more for us than even us as parents. No, but we go, but, but what about this? What about that? Why isn't God taking care of this? Why isn't God taking care of that? Why, why is this going wrong in my life? And you know what? We're going to face things right now. Right now, we're going to face things where we're going to be tempted to go, where are you, God? Where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? We need to trust God. The point in this is we don't know best. God knows best. God is in control. Every time we worry, it comes from the fact that we misunderstand the goodness of God. We've actually forgotten. Worry is a warning light, if you will. It's a big warning light going, eep, eep, eep. you have forgotten. You've forgotten. You're not trusting. Stop worrying. You have a heavenly Father who loves you. God says over and over and over again in his word, I will take care of all your needs if you trust me. The key is that we trust God. If you don't trust him, you are out there on your own. So I want, I want us to think about this for a moment. Think about this analogy. Most of us here, probably listening to this and watching this, are believers. We've, we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus the reason we've done that is because we know we're not good enough and we can't save ourselves. We've put our trust in Jesus for salvation. That is our biggest need. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation, that is your biggest need. Like, not even close. Your biggest need in your life, salvation, is like it trumps everything. Everything. So we trust God for this, for eternal salvation. But we don't trust God for a car payment. We don't trust God for a mortgage payment. We don't trust God for a spouse. We don't trust him for a career. We don't trust him for health. And the list goes on and on and on. We tr yeah, God, I trust you for eternal salvation, that you have saved my soul from death, and I'm saved forever. Ah, but I'm not sure if I'm going to trust you with my finances. How, how, that's illogical. The reality is that the more that we have, actually, the less likely we are to trust God. We actually are very likely in those moments to trust our bank accounts. It makes us actually feel secure. We condition ourselves, actually, to trust ourselves. We can actually do that for years. Years upon years, we're building up this thing of where we're trusting ourselves we're actually, we're, we are actually conditioning ourselves in that way. And then we do that, and then crisis hits, and we panic. And we go, where are you, God? And God's saying, trust me. Trust me. God carries everything. Think of it like this. You're picked up for a ride as a hitchhiker, and you have a backpack on as you get picked up. And you're still carrying it when you get into the vehicle, and this nice guy picks you up for a ride and 
you're, you're driving along, and they just, hey, like the backpack you have on, just, uh, why don't you just throw it in the back? Like I've got an empty seat there. Just, you don't have to carry that. Just, just take it off. You know, it's, and you're sitting in the front seat, right? And it's uncomfortable. You've got a big backpack on, and you're squished forward, and the guy's looking at you like, look, just, just, just take it off. I've got a seat there. And you're like, no, 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 that, no that's okay. I'll, I'll carry this on my own. It's, it's not, it's stupid logic. I gave you my life, God, but I'll worry about my money. I'll worry about my relationships. Fifth reason we don't have to worry. Worry is unbelief. Worry is doubting God. Doubting God is unbelief. When you do this, in those moments, when you doubt God, you're acting as an unbeliever. We, we are acting as functional unbelievers. Philippians 4.19 says, God will take care of most things? No. Philippians 4.19 says, God will take care of everything. Everything is in Him. So, Christians are different. We're, we're meant to be different because we follow Christ. The starting point for us as followers of Jesus is, God is God and I am not. God knows everything that you need. Everything. He sees everything. So every time we worry, every time I give myself into worry, I'm actually acting like an atheist. Unbelief is practical atheism. I don't believe in the goodness of God. I don't believe that God's in control. I'm doubting God. That's, that's atheism. And as followers of Jesus, please hear me, worry is a terrible witness to people. It says to the watching world, when we will operate just like them, it says to them, I don't trust the goodness of the God that I, I claim to follow. I don't trust in His goodness. We act as though we're orphans without a heavenly Father. Even, even when experiencing good sometimes, we can be prone to worry. Like, you know, you, you ever think like that where you go, oh, things, things are just going too good. Like, things are so good right now, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. That actually is worry too. That's, that's giving in to worry. We can be like, like Job in our lives. This is, I find this scripture so intriguing from the book of Job. After everything has happened to him, he says, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. So, Job actually worried before it happened to him, that really bad things were going to happen to him. Job was given to worry. How many times do we set ourselves up for failure by worrying instead of trusting? And so what, what, is, the, what is our need? We need to fill ourselves with the truth of God's Word. We need to know what God says about Himself and what He says about us. John 14, 1. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. We do not have to give way to worry in our lives. We don't. Rather, we can trust our Heavenly Father in all things. Now, if you haven't made Jesus your shepherd, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you ought to worry. Because you are up a creek without a paddle, and there is rapids all around you that are fast approaching. That is the world in which we live in. 
You're in trouble because you don't have God. You're in trouble because you haven't trusted in God as your provider and as your shepherd. So I want to invite you this morning, wherever you are, I want to invite you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. To invite Jesus to be your shepherd. I want to, you can pray with me and pray along and, and receive this from the Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to be my shepherd. That you came to take care of me. That you came to be my provider. You came to be my security. You came to be the one that I could trust for eternity. Jesus, thank you that you came and you died on the cross for my sins, for my unbelief, for all the things that I've done where I have not actually acted like I believe in God. Jesus, would you forgive me? Take away my sin. Cleanse me. I repent of all the things that I've done. And I receive your mercy and your grace and your salvation today. The Bible says that when we do that, that God is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's not a shed of doubt in the world that when we repent, that God forgives us as his people. What an amazing, amazing promise. So next week, I think, I think, I'm, uh, think I'm going dead here. <laughs> um, maybe I'm okay. Anyways, live stream. So <laughs> next week, we're going to have part two of this message. Uh, which asks the question, how do I trust Jesus to meet my needs? So now that we know we don't have to worry about our needs, how do we trust Jesus? We're going to look at that. But I want to end today, and I want to actually give us a few minutes here to wait before... Just give me a moment here. We're having... uh... This is always the time we have technical difficulties. All right, there we go. Of course it would be this morning. It's fine. <laughs> I want to I end today by giving us a few minutes here before the Lord to actually just calm ourselves, to, to rest, and to ask the Lord to show us where we are allowing worry to be present in our lives. God, where am I actually allowing worry to have a place in my life? And so as you wait on the Lord for these next few minutes, I want to encourage you, allow yourself to rest Breathe in, in and out slowly. Feel your body. Feel actually the tension that could be in your body. And ask the Lord to reveal to you where you are allowing worry to be present. And then repent of that to the Lord. Ask him to take it from you. And trust instead in the goodness of God. 
So let's do that here for the next few minutes. Let's just quiet our hearts, quiet ourselves, and allow ourselves to feel where we're at and receive from the Lord this morning. All right. As we, as we end this morning, I want to invite uh, Jen and the team up. But uh, as they play here for the next couple minutes, I want to actually invite you to, to pray together wherever you are. If you're with other people, I want to invite you to spend a few minutes and pray about what is happening in our world currently. Steinbeck actually called today to be a day of prayer. And uh, I felt that resonated with me too, that we want to join in that. And, and I was so thankful that they did that. And we want to pray that the Lord would move. And so, and even as we go offline here, if you want to continue that and pray, I'd encourage you to do that. But let's, let's pray specifically for protection for our families and our communities. Mm-hmm. Let's pray for the slowing down of this virus, COVID-19. Let's pray wisdom for our government officials. They have a lot of decisions that they are having to make in these days. And uh, I want to pray that God would give them wisdom. I also want to pray protection for frontline workers, doctors, nurses, people who are working in grocery stores long hours and in essential services. Let's pray for those people that God would be sustaining them and protecting them in these days. And we also want to pray, lastly, for God's mercy on our world. We want to We want to come before the throne and we want to, by prayer and supplication, we want to beseech the Lord to move on our behalf and to move in this world. So let's let's do that. And as we go from here and as we worship, I want to just encourage you, we do not have to worry. We serve a God who is infinitely good. His goodness will never end. His goodness will carry us all the way into his eternal presence. And so we trust him. This has been a great joy. I, I pray that this has been a great blessing to you. Let's, uh, let's worship together this morning.